Part 9 Brian Schaefer left the building, right? Hello, and welcome to a new episode of a Brian Schaefer story. So let's head into this obvious, pivotal question then. But first off, we'll head into some physics. And then I'll roleplay some. And at the end, I'll be talking intentions and final thoughts. So let's go. Lascio solo se con questi una stazione intera Che da soli rimaniamo male se nessuno ci ascolta Sono fonte di ricordi ma per la tua testa no Un agglomerato di sbali di fronte ad un mio nome So first off some physics Like time and space Oh gosh They say that they are intertwined Time and space It's called space time Space time is any mathematical model which fuses the three dimensions of space and the one dimensions of time into one single four-dimensional manifold. I'm glad I was able to even read that. But, uh, I mean, we'll manage, right? Space, just there, and time passes. So now it turns out they're interconnected somehow by the tiniest of building blocks imaginable. Like this impossibly small microscopic entanglement of webs. But can we make some parallel with space and time, or space-time, with the disappearance of Brian Schaefer? Physics, perhaps, give a rat behind that the citizen of Columbus completely vanished on April the 1st, 2006. Well, space because we have a building that is known as Brian's last known location. And time because despite the years that have passed, this location has remained his last known location. His disappearance still seems intertwined with his building. No matter the time passes, we still head back to the bar and the building that housed the bar, as if Brian's story and that complex are an assimilation. That premise is definitely the beginning of the story. Is it perhaps also possibly the end. So the question then arises, is there any causality to the fact that he hasn't been seen outside the gateway complex this entire time? Are the intricate building blocks of the premise entangled with time, providing us with a clue that Brian Schaefer perhaps actually is still intertwined with that building? Someone sent me these lines. One person in the complex seems to have not exited the complex. Another person in the complex permanently disappeared. Oh, hold it. Those two people are the same in one person. Coincidence? I think not. Seems very likely to me that the seeming failure to exit the complex and the virtually simultaneous permanent disappearance are linked. Linked by causality. The failure to exit caused the permanent disappearance. People skate right past this fundamental linkage and off to all manner of analysis that in my estimation is moot. Brian Schaefer left the building, right? Why care to bother contradicting this last claim in the first place? It's not even an issue. He totally left. But how? It's not important how. The guy left and that's it. But he's not seen next in the building when everyone else was. 
Who cares? They looked for him, didn't they? That they didn't see him leave is not the same thing as he's still there. It just means that he left unseen. That no one saw him leave, not that he didn't leave. And besides, if his summer was missed during the initial searches, they would have found him later. It's been 15 freaking years. Don't you think someone would have seen, smelled or heard something of Brian Schaefer in that complex by now? Is the glass half full or half empty? Which one is right? Brian Schaefer didn't leave the building. Why care to bother contradicting this glass claim in the first place? It's not even an issue. He's totally still there. But how? It's not important how. The guy's still there and that's it. He wasn't seen leaving the building like everyone else. Everything points to him not making it out. Hence, he never left. If he's there, they would have seen or spotted him. Who cares? He was missed during the initial searches. If he left, they would have found something of Brian Schaefer outside. It's been 15 freaking years. Why haven't they seen, smelled or heard something outside the gateway complex by now? So which one is it? Did Brian leave or not? I myself have been known to be quite diplomatic. When shit has hit the fan, both in private and professionally, I'm the guy who can entertain both sides and tries to solve the rising issue with a solution that suits both parties. To make a long story short, I used to work in the hospitality industry. In my last employment in the industry, I worked as a night manager. The hotel at the time wanted to outshine the other establishments. With a powerful owner and investor, the managing director aimed to make sure that we provided the best hotel experience and she wanted to hit first on TripAdvisor. No small feat, but we worked hard and we all succeeded. We were the highest rated property in the capital. Since Benny of Abba was the owner, celebrities from all over the world flocked to our establishment. Security and safety were of the utmost importance. My own key cards and the caretakers had maximum access. I received the training needed and supervised the entire hotel, public areas and a restaurant and three bars at nights. We also had plenty of conference rooms, a public 700-seat theater with weekly evening events. I've seen patrons and guests do all kinds of weird things. People have tried to go wherever and do whatever. Luckily, we had no serious incident on my watch, and no one else's for that matter. We also, like the Gateway Building, had a back exit. Celebrities enter that way sometimes, and sometimes by the regular entrance. Performers in the theater loaded up their equipment in that end of the building. After I left my job there, I later had an improvised meeting with the managing director. She told me what I was up to. I told her I was going to start studying again. You know, you should have been a diplomat, she said. Aha, uh-huh. why is that? You just should. I told her it was probably too late to contemplate that choice of a career. I can easily entertain both claims that Brian may have left and Brian may still be in that building. The diplomat in me doesn't try to diminish the claim that Brian could have left the building, however. But I've heard stuff lately that even makes me react. These phrasings are aimed to cast suspicion 
of the few facts that remain in Brian's case. Why? To favorize their knowledge of events? Amongst else, I've heard that Brian very well could have left by the escalators that evening. Particularly that situation is the most investigated and looked at by CPD. They've said it's 100% established that Brian didn't leave by the escalators. One of the few reassurances we've gotten is disappearance. Why try to dispute this fact? What they forget to mention is that Brian was easily identified three times coming and going that way. At 9pm twice and when he arrived at 1.15am on the 1st of April. I've told in earlier episodes about the CCTVs in the coffee shop on the opposite side of the entrance, which would have caught Brian Schaefer if he had stepped outside the gateway entrance. We also know both students went down a minute prior of Brian stepping out of the picture, and Clint and Meredith went down in roughly the same moments. If Brian would have left down by the escalators, in the span of a couple of minutes, he would have encountered someone. Someone also wrote that at the time of Brian's disappearance, it was well known amongst those hanging at Aglituna that you could have exited the building in a variety of ways. It wasn't especially preoccupying that there were no trace of Brian leaving the premise. Well, this one is odd. The in and out of the building and the bar was using the escalators. You went in that way and you exited that way. Unless you tagged along someone who had permission to exit by the back, like an employee or a band member, you had no business going any other way, period. Now that someone did, namely Brian Schaefer. We have a guy that left by an exit. He didn't have any business going to. He's not seen leaving the building by any other means that the police investigated. And it's not been seen ever since outside either. The diplomat in me cannot hurray. Brian Schaefer left the building. Then it could have. It's not really the point. If intentions are to go by, we know that an intention is something that you want to do or plan to do, an aim. For all we know, Brian Schaefer had a lot of things going for him. His initial intentions that Friday indicated a dinner with the father and a night out from there with the brother and his friend Clint. His brother Derek couldn't make it, so he passed the invitation. How the night was going to end is speculatory, and something Clint could have helped to unpuzzle by keeping the line open in the years that followed, but he cut that line of communications from the get-go. But after the bar spree, Brian was probably to head home and sleep there. At the dinner, Brian promised his father Randy to move out some stuff and lend a hand in dealing with what was left to do after Renee had passed away. Well, Brian was uh, supposed to come over to my house uh, Saturday, which would have been April the 1st, and help me uh, kind of clean house a little bit, and he had that in the back of his mind. And... Somewhere around midnight, Meredith is introduced in the story, and they all eventually headed back to the bar where the evening had started, the Aglituna. It's worth considering, had Brian completely vanished from the face of the earth, if they hadn't headed a second time towards the gateway building in Daglituna that night. It's hard to answer, but it feels as if the duo had dropped Brian off at the apartment. He would have been there the next day, and none of this would have probably happened, or things could have been investigated from a more feasible perspective. 
the trail of events that unfolded are due to them arriving shortly after at the gateway building. Did Brian's intentions change due to the introduction of Meredith? And did an opening present itself at the gateway building that caused Brian to change the pattern he had staked out for the evening? A building itself cannot cause you to suddenly want to disappear or become suicidal. There seems to be no interaction between Brian and other patrons that police have released that caused Brian to go missing. Somehow though in this whole story it seems Brian and his premise are intertwined and entangled in each other. Something inside caused Brian to change intentions. Not once, but twice in fact. At 1.55am after Brian is picked up by the CCTV camera on the foyer, Brian could have a couple of minutes later chose to head down the escalators, like basically everyone else. So number one, him choosing this alternative path to leave towards the back of the building also shows an alternative plan or aim. Probably not pondered in advance, but impulsively acted upon. And a deviation from what was conveyed to his buddies Clint and Meredith. As they proceeded to look for him in the bar and waited for him outside, indicates they were unaware by his sudden change of intentions. We know that prior to exiting the scene up from his foyer, Brian wasn't in any way required or forced to enter that alternative exit, ultimately heading towards the back of the building. As some other patrons and band members did this too, he must have seen something that interested him enough to part from the bar entrance and towards this area. A nice looking lady in a group that he wanted to change some lines with. Did he gather that the group of people who exited in the same manner were in close quarters with the band who played in the Agrituna Saluna and he tagged along them for fun? Perhaps his intentions was only to ditch his buddy Clint and Meredith for whatever reason. Living that way unseen got rid of them to join in some other activity or head towards home in peace. Number two. So if intentions are to be judged, he left that area voluntarily. And then we have to second guess as nothing is certain from that point. The only thing we do know is that this exit towards the back was monitored by CCTV cameras. All this cohort of band members and other people were picked up by these cameras, seen exiting the building. And again, if things had proceeded as normal, then Brian would have been picked up on the same footage. But an ulterior alternative event unfolded that also derailed this scenario of him exiting this alternative exit like the others. But what? The only hypothesis we have to go on is to formerly detectives onwards. When interviewed on a comeback podcast, John Hurst stated that the people who exited that route were all picked up by these cameras except for Brian and that by 2018 they still hadn't figured out how Brian got out of the gateway building. He then went on to describe how the construction area at the time could have been a way out. Following this trail now makes it somewhat harder though. What caused Brian Schaefer turned up in this construction area? Was it intentional? accidental or was he coerced to do it 
the former lead detective mentioned in previous interviews that he couldn't see why anyone in the right state of mind, presumably, would have wanted to enter the construction area in the first place. It was on a heavy construction, difficult to cross even sober. However, we know that John Hurst ultimately believes, considering all the various possibilities combined, that Brian entered that area. That minimizes, almost abandons the fact that Brian voluntarily headed out that way. Having investigated all possible foul play scenarios, possible suspects and motives, law enforcement have dismissed the crime track. That leaves us with a stone unturned, spelled accidental. Brian accidentally happened to enter that area. Or he wasn't in his right state of mind when doing so. So Brian now accidentally, or in his not right state of mind, finds himself in his part of the building that was under construction. Fast forward and authorities searched the whole building for Brian. It was concluded he wasn't in there somewhere and the investigation headed outdoors. Perhaps the police have gathered other clues during the years they are secretive about that made them more convinced Brian Schaefer got out that night. In comparison with us armchair detectives, police have had boots on the ground and investigated his case with their five senses. And everything points to a thorough investigation. Having boots on the ground is imperative in many occasions. We know, though, at least three other cases which I've covered in this podcast series that even though a professional and thorough investigation has been conducted, law enforcement have failed to detect and find the very missing persons they've been assigned to find. Dennis Arda and Jerica Binks were found after alone individuals, not even looking for a missing person, found them. Primo Zanoli was found after the family insisted he couldn't have left the four corners of the hospital building. And he was subsequently found by private detectives. The common denomination is that these unfortunate people all ended up in an area where you don't normally look. What authorities normally do when they've exhausted all options in a case is that they scale down. They plead for tips to come in. And they issue that they've done everything they can. In missing persons cases, they most often go back to the area of the last loan location to start over. In Brian Schaefer's case, the area he last entered was transformed and looked nothing like it had been on April 1st, 2006, when he went missing. No one today can stumble upon his remains by accident. You would have to actively look for Brian to have any chance to find him if he's still in that building. If Brian wasn't in his right state of mind, he managed to exit the building nonetheless. He must have done a heck of a job actively and consciously disguising that fact and covering his tracks not to be seen or heard ever since he left that building. It's counterindicative for a person who has lost his right state of mind. Brian Schaefer left the building, right? Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to tell a friend about this podcast and check out the series on Instagram. See you in the next one. Bye.
chiami non sei sotto casa Respiro male quando ci sei che manca pure l'aria Una sigaretta, quella che ti ho strappato dalla bocca E un viaggio al mare con il sole che scotta le ossa 